You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Why persecute me is the title of this devotion. And that is something Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus, who eventually became the, known as the Apostle Paul. Saul of Tarsus was a religious individual, but he was completely blind by his own passion, by his own zeal, by his by all self, its whole self. His pursuit of righteousness through his own works, through his own deeds had so blinded him that he could not see that he was filled with evil and filled with the devil's thoughts to kill, steal and destroy, which Jesus said the devil had come to do. And so he was on his way to Damascus, the capital city of Syria, to find Christians, or as they were called in those days, the people of the way, to find them and kill them, imprison them, bring them back in chains to Jerusalem as evil people. I mean, he was really incensed with zeal to destroy the church. And while he was so occupied, Jesus met him on the way. And at noon, when the sun was at its highest, at, at its highest, this light brighter than the sun came upon him and he fell off of his horse as he heard these words here. Let me just start at verse one of Acts nine. And Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord Jesus went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he could find any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. The goats is a long stick with a metal point that the farmer would use to prop the oxen in action while they're plowing the land or treading the grain and so forth. And why persecute me? It's not good for you to kick against the prodding. In other words, I've been prodding you, but you hardened yourself against it. I've seen people that God's product again and again, and again they harden themselves and go back to their sins. And again, the Lord prods them, and again they harden themselves and go back to their sins. I've seen it happen in my own life. Years ago, there were certain behaviors in my life that the Holy Spirit showed me, this is, this is sin, this is causing harm, this is causing pain, Robert, nothing like what Paul was doing. And, but, but to the Lord, it, it was the same. It caused him grief and pain in what it's caused others. And the Lord would prop me and prop me and I'd go back to it and back to it until finally Jesus came into my spirit by his 
wonderful grace as I cried out to him and said, Lord, I can't bear to keep keep failing you. I can't bear to keep going back to to these ways that I know grieve you. And, and, and the Lord Jesus in his mercy liberated me. And I know he'll do the same for anybody who really will open their hearts to him. Why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Jesus said, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the Lord sent his servant, and, and he ministered to him. But you see, this is the point today. We don't always realize, and the Holy Spirit wants to help us at this, that what we do to the least of God's people is what we do against Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You see, when, when I, in 38, of, 38 plus years of marriage, have had times when my behavior towards Virginia and my harshness or my temper caused her pain. And the Lord had to come to me and said, Robert, why are you persecuting me? I would say, Lord, I love you. He said, if you'd love me, you would show it to Virginia. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, it says in Ephesians 5.25. And I had to really come to repentance in my heart and say, no, I will never, ever, ever do this again because I love the Lord. And if I love him, then I should show that love. And I have utterly turned my heart. And I, to me, it is absolute the devil to behave in such a way. I mean, I can't bear it. It tears my inside. If I would stumble a little bit in that way, I can't bear it. No. But you see, why persecute me? And we may think, well, Pastor Robert, do I persecute Jesus? When you do it to the least of his children, your husband, your wife, if you're if you're cruel with your children, if you you're, you speak against your neighbor, your own brother, your own sister, then yes, you're doing it against the Lord. Let me take you to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And I really love this because this is the song that God gave to Moses to teach his children. It says it here in chapter 31, verse 30. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. So God gave Moses this song to teach the children of Israel to sing. You never knew that Moses was a song leader, did you? Well, here it goes. Here he is, and I don't know the melody, so I won't try to sing it. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as rain drops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. 
They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of old and consider the years of many generations and ask your father and he will show you your elders and they will tell you when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in the desert land and in the wasteland, in the howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. What you do to the least of these, Jesus said in there, Matthew 25, 40, you do to me. You see, the Lord watches over us. There's been times when Virginia and I have gone through persecution in years past, quite strong, and we just became still. We just stayed still. And we kept our hearts. We didn't say a word, not to each other, not to anybody, especially not our children. We just were still. The Bible says, be still. I think it's 46 verse 10, Psalm 46, 10. And know that I am God, for I will be exalted in the nations. And people would come to me and say, Pastor Robert, what do you think? I said, oh, I know God loves me, so I trust him all as well, all as well. And God kept us like the apple of his eye. And he himself turned away the wrath of those who had been incensed against us. He himself fought for us as the father would fight for his own children to protect and defend them. Oh, friends, I want to encourage you. Let that deeply penetrate your heart, what I'm saying to you. Let always your heart be full of the father's love for others, that even as he loves you, you love them. Let your heart always be in such a place that you realize that whatever somebody's going through, God is sympathizing with them in their weaknesses. I love this verse here in Isaiah 63, verse 9. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bore them and carried them all the days of old. When the nations came against Israel, the Lord says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. In other words, these are my people. The Lord was their shield. He was the one who kept them and watched over them as the apple of his eye. And so let's never be caught as the one like Paul was, who comes against another. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. No. I will not do it. I am to represent Jesus in his mercy and not the enemy in his wrath. I'm, I'm, no, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep loving and praying and believing for people. And I'll close with you with this scripture. And I tell you the truth. I'm not just saying this about people maybe who've caused you pain and harm. But I'm saying this to you husbands in your love for your wife and your children. 
in your own family, in your own household. And I'm saying this to your wives, in your heart, in your love towards your husband and your children and the families. No, keep loving, keep blessing, keep doing good. There's a, re a resource, a reservoir of love that comes from the throne of grace, from the heart of Jesus. Like Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 8, the love I feel for you comes straight from the heart of Jesus. You keep loving and through goodness overcome evil and keep loving and keep representing Jesus. The Bible, Paul calls it in Ephesians 6 verse 2, the law of Christ, to love as he loves, even those that have been caught in the act of transgression, that we keep loving, we keep representing Jesus. Because listen to this in closing, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16, for we do not have a high priest, who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses, infirmities, and liabilities to the assaults of temptation, but, was, but who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and, and, and confidently, boldly draw near to His throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time. I tell you, you can find grace when you find you have no love left for somebody, when you have no faith left for somebody when you have no goodness left for somebody, when they've used it all up by their failings and shortcomings, they have completely emptied you out from any goodness you had towards them. And maybe you showed a mercy and mercy and mercy, and they've taken advantage of it, and your heart is completely bruised and crushed. Go to that throne of grace. Go to that old sympathetic and merciful Savior, and you will find love there. Wow. And in that brokenness and, and crushed heart of yours will come such a glorious revelation of His love that you will say, Father, you have used this pain that I went through to, for good, for me to learn this love that I never knew existed. I've never tasted such love. I've never tasted such mercy and grace. I thought I knew you when I forgave. I thought I knew you when I was merciful. I thought I knew you when I did good. But my goodness, this love, this love, all oh, the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of it is immeasurable. And that fills me with you, Heavenly Father, because you are love. And the more I keep drawing on your love, the more I'm perfected in the love and the more I know you and I see that you are above us all. Father, you're amazing. I love you so much. Amen. Have a good day.